Hello everybody, this is Rich Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. Of course, you can like and subscribe on our Twitter, Facebook, and on our website, richsportstalk.com, streaming on SoundCloud, TuneIn Spreaker, and available for download on iTunes. Got a lot to go over today, week six, just about in the NFL books. And there's two teams I want to focus on today, and they both have the same problem. They're stuck in the past. We've seen this in industry, we've seen this with technology, you can't live in the past. In today's society, change is happening almost instantaneously. Now technology, computers, iPhones, tablets, everything is moving at an exponential rate, and this includes sports. There's certain sports where you can look to the past, there's certain sports where you can embrace the past and continue to be successful baseball to me is the one exception now i understand that there has been a lot of changes in terms of bullpen use in terms of finding specialists now with shifts but most but most of you would agree that if i was to turn on a baseball game from 1970 maybe even earlier it would look very similar to what we see today right the nhl to an extent, it's a different game, it's a faster game, but you could turn on the TV and see a similar game in hockey. Two exceptions to this would be the NBA and most specifically the NFL. No sport has changed more over the last decade or over its history really than the NFL. Think about this. In the past 10 years, we have seen an offensive explosion as we've seen rule changes, offenses and systems, and more importantly, quarterbacks that have come into the league and have been able to be successful. The game looks completely different. Keep in mind, 10 years ago, we had fullbacks. Don't have them anymore. We have more wide open offenses. The norm was to see one bell cow running back be a guy who could get 1,400 yards for a team. We don't see that anymore. We see teams using two to three backs, and seeing a 1,500-yard rusher now is rare. So we've seen a lot of change in the NFL. And two of the teams that are struggling the most and are both, at this point, after week six, one and five, combined two and ten, are two teams that are stuck in the past. They are the Oakland Raiders and the New York Giants. And I'll start with the Oakland Raiders, who went to London and were embarrassed by the Seahawks, a team who at 3-3 three and three is a team that, to me personally, I think is just being held together by the brilliance of Russell Wilson, but they didn't even show up. And there was video, you could see it on Derek Carr's face yesterday, where he was just upset because this season has been a disaster. And for all the fans that keep saying, and who brought this to my email the other day when I did my uh, hot seat takes on coaches. I like, well, why isn't Gruden on the hot seat? You, you do realize he is a fully guaranteed 10-year, $100 million contract. He's not going anywhere. He is going to be with the Raiders for a long time. The only time I could possibly see this is maybe after year five, it's still complete dumpster fire. The Raiders just say, you know, we'll eat the last $50 million. But... At this point, he's going to be there. He's going to be there for the long term. And the Raiders fell into the trap that we want John Gruden, who was great for us in the 2000s when we had a veteran quarterback and a great roster. We tend to forget, and Gruden 
I will say this. Gruden as an analyst is unbelievable. To me, he's one of the best TV personalities we had in the, in football. His knowledge of the game, his way to see plays, and more importantly, more importantly, sorry, his way to share it with the viewer, to be able to communicate to people so they can understand. But as a head coach, we tend to forget, after that first year in Tampa Bay when he won the Super Bowl and beat the team that he built and knew all the weakness to, he was just an average coach. Couldn't find the quarterback, was just a good coach. And over time, I think his legacy, because of how good of a broadcaster he was and how smart he was and how well he seemed to know the offenses when he did the Gruden camps for the draft, people were like, man, he knows the stuff. Why, why isn't he coaching? You know, he won a Super Bowl. He's a, he's a good coach. He should be back in the NFL. But the Raiders fell in love with him, despite having a team that two years ago. Take this Raiders season out of your mind. Two years ago, this team was a playoff team with Derek Carr. They looked like they found their franchise quarterback, a great young son, Amari Cooper, and more importantly, the best defensive player in football, Khalil Mack. They looked poised to be maybe not a Super Bowl contender, but at least a solid playoff contender for the next decade. And if you got the right pieces, maybe got the right coach, hey, they can be a Super Bowl contender. We're seeing that the Raiders are even now considering trading Amari Cooper, who has been terrible this year, but at one time was one of the most promising young receivers in the game. And unfortunately, the fall guy for a lot of what's happening in Oakland is GM Reggie McKenzie. But let's be honest, Gruden's in charge of the show. When Gruden came in, McKenzie might as well just move to his office to the back because he wasn't going to call the shots. We saw it in the draft. And we saw it with the Khalil Mack situation. Keep in mind, we all ripped Reggie McKenzie for this, but to me, it was all John Gruden who got rid of Khalil Mack and didn't want Khalil Mack. We forget that McKenzie did a very good job drafting Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, some very good young players, and helped build a good core that the Raiders, for over a decade, they were the punchline in this league. They were the Cleveland Browns of the NFL. They were so dysfunctional, and they finally start turning it around and look like a viable franchise. And now Gruden comes in. And what's scary for Raider fans is McKenzie, the guy who got the good talent on this team, the good young talent, he's been reduced to not even a supporting role. This, to me, shows exactly the dysfunction of the Raiders. And I have, and they're known for being a dysfunctional franchise, but this is just unbelievable. This Ian Rappaport report that John Gruden has his own inner circle of personnel that creates separate draft boards, roster boards, and decision-making process that excludes Reggie McKenzie. What team do you know has a head coach with his own staff separate from the general manager? Have you ever heard that? I mean, the Raiders should just give McKenzie... And I feel bad. To me, if I'm a team looking for a general manager, I'm looking at Reggie McKenzie and saying, look, I know what happened in Oakland wasn't your fault because you drafted some good players. You wanted to keep Khalil Mack, and John Gruden just ostracized you and pushed you to the back corner of the building. But Gruden was this type of personality. He wants to control everything, and I get that being a head coach. But now you look at what's happening. He wants to trade off this entire team, basically, and rebuild. And he has security saying, you know what? I'm going to be here for 10 years. I can do what I want. I can trade all these picks. I can get all this draft capital. 
but he doesn't understand that players have more power now than ever before, and players communicate, and now it's more networking than anything. If the Raiders go into free agency, what player is going to really want to come in for John Gruden? Because they feel like he's not going to give them money. If he comes in even on like a one-year contract and says, look, if you prove it to me, I'll give you a big contract here, do you think any player is going to be like, I believe you? No. It's a toxic environment in that building right now, and it's not going to get any better in the near future. I think what you're going to see is a complete gutting of this team and a complete rebuild because I think Gruden came in there, didn't love this team, and when he felt like it wasn't going to be competitive, he's going to gut this whole thing. And he wants to be his team, not Reggie McKenzie's team, John Gruden's team. And I'm making a bold prediction now in week six of this NFL season. I'm making a bold prediction that if the Raiders have the number one pick, and they certainly, by by the way they're going, could easily have that, I would not be shocked that this team takes Justin Herbert first overall as the quarterback. Because Gruden's going to look at it for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's his quarterback. It's the guy he picked. It's the guy he wants. He gets a quarterback that's going to be a first-round talent. Say what you want about how great Derek Carr's been, but there's going to be that stigma that he was a second-round pick. Then he doesn't have to pay Herbert for four or five years. He sees the formula of the current NFL and wants to win with a young quarterback, and he's going to have all those draft picks to build around. I would not be shocked if Derek Carr is traded or moved on from at the end of the season because, to me, it just never really felt like the two of them really meshed Gruden and Carr. I thought Gruden was going to be great for Carr, but this offense has shown potential but it just hasn't really connected. It's been two feast or fan. One game, they come out, they put up 30 points or move the football. Then they come out against Seattle, and they just look dead. They can't move the football at all. So I think that because he has that long-term contract, don't be surprised if Justin Herbert, if the Raiders have the number one pick, if the Raiders have the number one pick, Justin Herbert could end up in Oakland slash Las Vegas. But once again... This was a team that fell into the trap that, hey, Groom was good for us a couple of years. We should give him a help, uh, head coaching job. But we see what happens. The game has changed. And more importantly, it's not the X's and O's. It's the personalities and how you do business in the front office. And I just don't think Gruden is going to mesh well. And people, smart people in the NFL, players, staff, scouting, when they see this, that he's got his own inner circle... Do you really think the Raiders are an attractive place to move? If you're a prospective scout or coach, you're going to rip up your family from wherever you are and move to Oakland where it's this much of a mess where you could lose your job in two years? No, you want security. And right now, the Raiders are a dumpster fire. Much like the New York Giants. And I had a lot of fun with them last week on my last podcast after the Thursday night game. And I said Sunday was going to be a very interesting game for them. Because a certain player that they could have had was on the football field. Leading the Jets to their third win of the season. The guy they passed on, Sam Darnold, out of USC. Who could have been the heir apparent to Eli Manning. A guy who had the perfect personality for New York. And who has helped the Jets look like they finally have their franchise quarterback. Every Jet fan walked out of that stadium the other day saying, look, Darnold looks good. You can tell. You can see his confidence, his command of the huddle, 
his presence, it's grown since the first week. It's grown in six weeks. We are seeing great progression out of him, watching his reads, watching his feet. He's going to have some bad throws. He's going to throw interceptions. He's a gunslinger. He's going to try to make plays. So he's going to make some bonehead throws like the interception he threw yesterday. But overall, he's a gamer, and we saw it yesterday that this kid has the moxie to go in there, the composure to go in there and get it out and win. And we even heard Jeremy Bates and Todd Bull say, look, we're giving him full command of the offense, and you saw that in the two-minute drill. This is a very conservative head coach, and he allowed his rookie quarterback to go in there, drive down the field, and get them into field goal range for an extra three points before the half. They could have easily said, look, we're getting the ball back. We're, we're just going to run out the clock, play conservative. No, they had the confidence that this 21-year-old kid could go down the field, and he did. And look, the Jets don't have elite offensive personnel. They don't have a great offensive line. They have a spotty running game that's really hit or miss week out. They have some good receivers, but it's been really streaky with their performances. But Sam Darnold has really helped an average offense become competitive in the NFL. And for all the Giant fans are saying, well, he couldn't impact our offense. Look at what he's done with the Jets in six games. Six games. The Jets have scored over... 30 points in half the games, including 40 twice. Over the previous two seasons, the Jets didn't score 40 points in any game. Over the previous two seasons, 2016-2017, did not score a game. Did not have a game where they scored over 40 points. Darnold's done it twice already in his first six NFL games. They only scored 30 points and combined five times over the previous two seasons. They're already at three for the first six games. And I understand, Giant fans have come to me and said, well, Saquon Barkley looks like the next great running back. He could be a top five running back in this league. Oh, that's great. That's great. What, what does that mean? Dallas has one of the top five running backs in the game, and they're struggling to move the football. They look good against Jacksonville, but they're a 3-3 three and three team. Saquon Barkley had over 150 yards rushing and nearly 100 yards receiving against the Eagles, and you lost by three touchdowns. Downs. Saquon Barkley is great, but we see the importance of a quarterback, and the Giants fell into the trap of Eli Manning. Boys won us two Super Bowls. Let's look at that, shall we? The seven years since the Giants won their last Super Bowl against the Patriots, did you know the Giants haven't won a playoff game in seven years? They haven't won a playoff game. In seven years since Mr. Eli Manning won a Super Bowl. Seven years ago, New York Giants, Eli Manning, oh, he's won those Super Bowls. Outside of those two Super Bowl runs, Eli at best has been an above average quarterback in the NFL. Let's look at the seven years since. Giants haven't won 12 games in a season since then. Giants haven't won a playoff game in seven years. The Giants have had nine three-game losing streaks. Nine. Eli Manning is 15 games below 500 as a starter. Below 500 by 15 games. Oh, and a fun little fact... The Giants have changed head coach four times since then. 
This is their fourth head coach since that Super Bowl. They've changed the coaches. They've changed the scheme. They've changed the offensive line. They've changed the defense. They've brought in weapons. They've brought in Ingram. They've brought in Odell. They've brought in Saquon Barkley. They've done everything but address the elephant in the room. That's Eli Manning. The Raiders have fallen into that trap because of what John Gruden did for them in the 2000s. And now they're stuck with a coach who has his own inner circle of scouts and who doesn't trust the organization's front office and, more importantly, has alienated players because he traded arguably the best defensive player in the league because he refused to pay him. And for the New York Giants and their fans in their front office, they were stuck in what Eli has done for us, winning two Super Bowls. And while Eli will undoubtedly go down as one of the great Giants the writing has been on the wall for years. He's no longer an elite quarterback, and if anything, he's a below-average quarterback. The game has passed him by, and he's a quarterback that the Giants will not have good prospects moving forward to, and they could have potentially drafted the heir apparent in last year's draft, but now they're going to have to sit, and they don't have to go very far to watch him develop, because he's in the same building for their arch-rival, who's now 3-3 three and three with a 21-year-old rookie quarterback who continues to develop and looks to be growing every week while Eli Manning continues to decay. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Remember, reach out, richsportstalk at gmail.com if you'd like to get on the show. A lot of great topics. Going to continue diving into the NFL NBA season just around the corner. Got a lot of great stuff on the show's. For you to this week and i can't wait to share it with all of you remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss anything i don't want you to miss anything coming up on the podcast but thank you so much for joining us here today on rich sports talk